Hello, I am excited to welcome you to the Prez Paul podcast. This is a place for us to engage and hear honest and curious dialogue about Nazareth College and the people who are at the heart of who we are. This is episode five, part two. In part one, which was so exciting, we heard about our unstoppable students and faculty in some of our health and human services disciplines, PT, OT, creative arts therapy, and communication sciences and disorders. We heard about how they use the pandemic as a chance to pivot and still find ways to innovate and keep serving their clients and working collaboratively for the betterment of the Rochester community. Honestly, there was just so much good and so much interesting work to feature that we decided we needed to do a part two with other fields in our School of Health and Human Services. So today that discussion continues. I'm excited to invite students and faculty from our social work, nursing and public health programs to join me as we discuss the many ways our Nazareth students and faculty in health and human services continue to make such an impact in the Nazareth and Rochester community. That is felt all the time, but in this time of pandemic, it's truly been extraordinary. So as we get started, I'd like to introduce my guest today. First, welcome to Leanne Charlesworth. Leanne is a professor and chair of social work and the director of the undergraduate social work major. Leanne's scholarly interests include poverty and homelessness. A campus community partnership she's deeply invested in is Project Homeless Connect, which includes ongoing work with Rochester's Homeless Services Network. And I'm very pleased to welcome you, Leanne. Thank you for having me. Our student Izzy Kimber is a senior social work major with a business minor. She's an office coordinator for Partners for Serving, president of the Social Work Club on campus, and a third year resident assistant. If she were to describe herself in three words, it would be outspoken, motivated, and passionate. And Izzy is currently applying to Masters of Social Work programs. Izzy, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. And Michael Chen is an assistant professor in the public health program here at NAS. Michael is broadly interested in health policy and outcomes research in the context of children, family, and health systems. I'm excited to get to know you, Michael. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. Mary Dahl Marr is the chair of the nursing department and founding program director for the public health undergraduate degrees. Mary is a certified nurse midwife who has worked in urban and rural settings and has a strong commitment to global education. It's exciting to have you here, Mary. Thank you so much for this opportunity. And finally, Vicki Arena. She is a senior double major in nursing and public health who anticipates graduating in May. She's currently completing her senior nursing capstone and completed a public health internship in summer of 2020 with the Genesee Orleans Health Department. Vicki, thanks so much for being with us today. Thank you so much for having me. It's a real honor. It's so much fun to have all of you here with me today. I truly appreciate it. So let's get started. So my understanding is that Nazareth nursing and public health students have responded to the COVID-19 challenge in all sorts of ways and at many different levels. So Mary, let's start with you. Will you share with us some of the innovations you've developed this year? Well, um, I, will, I will say that it was uh, in the context of the Nazareth support that we were able to respond as well as we um, did. Um, and Dr. Chen um, brings uh, 
boatload of technology that helped us because in March of 20, the public health program, which by the way, is a fairly new major at Nazareth. Um, we were officially started in uh, 2016. And to date, we've had 50 graduates. We will be graduating 23 students in May with public health majors. That's great. Um, in um, last year, 40% of our majors were doubling in nursing and public health because as, um, as other majors are beginning to see public health is a lens. Um, it is the way you look at the world as an umbrella. So in the spring, in March, um, we were able to pivot as the rest of the school did to um, Zoom learning. And then Dr. Chen had the added uh, challenge of pivoting our entire um, public health week to virtual. So. Wow. And it was extremely successful. And in some ways, I think um, we benefited from it in ways that we normally don't because it was recorded. I have heard from other professors that they've gone back and had students listen to the recordings because among the people that uh, spoke that week included two folks from the CDC. We had a student who graduated in nursing, went on for her MPH in epidemiology, and then is now doing doctoral work. On, a, on the ground level, students went to the Monroe County Health Department, were trained to be contact tracers. Um, to We didn't have vaccines that back in the spring, but they were ready to go out and do contact tracing. Um, and then very importantly, of course, the nursing students are in direct front line as essential workers in the hospital setting. That's great. I, I appreciate that overview so much. And, you know, it's... it's um... It is so important, you know, public health has always been important as a field, but maybe one of the silver linings that we'll take from this time of pandemic is the greater recognition of the power and importance of the public health field. And as you say, the, the uh, importance of that as a lens for all of our helping and healthcare professions. So I, I appreciate that perspective. It's, uh, it is vitally important in our world right now. Leanne, I know you're involved in a fascinating program called Project Homeless Connect in Rochester. Can you talk a little bit about that initiative and especially how students and faculty from Nazareth are involved? Sure. Um, Project Homeless Connect is actually a national model that started in San Francisco, and we have implemented Project Homeless Connect Rochester for almost actually just over 10 years now. Um, in the past, it has been a college-wide effort. Dr. Chen and Dr. Marr have been involved in leading the work of nursing and public health students at the event held at the Blue Cross Arena. Um, and it is the mission of Project Homeless Connect Rochester, I should tell you, is to bring together volunteers with the government, nonprofits, and the private sector to provide a one-stop shop, so to speak, of health and human services for Rochesterians facing homelessness. Mm. Um, traditionally, we provided the services at the Blue Cross Arena and served um, typically about 1,000 guests. So they could be individuals immediately experiencing homelessness or at risk of homelessness. And it is really a college-wide effort here at Nazareth for the last few years involving faculty, staff, and students across disciplines and departments delivering both health and human services. Um, when COVID hit in the spring of 2020, we obviously faced a significant challenge in terms of whether or not we would be able to hold a fall 2020 Project Homeless Connect. And due to the creativity, tenacity, and innovation of our city, 
um, and Nazareth and all of our community partners, we ended up holding Project Homeless Connect in the fall at the public market. Um, city officials actually suggested that we shift to the public market. Um, we did have to obviously scale back the number of Nazareth faculty, staff, and students who could be involved as well as community partners. Um, and also we made the decision collectively to focus on individuals who had spent the previous night at shelters. Um, so we narrowed down the target population in order to, to deliver a COVID safe event. Um, we also narrowed down the services to those that had been identified in prior years as most critical by the guests that we serve. And those, so those services were narrowed down to identification birth certificates and non-drivers IDs from the DMV, which many people do not realize how critical identification is to avoiding or moving out of homelessness, and then some critical health and human services. Um, Nazareth students were pivotal uh, volunteers at the fall 2020 event, including the student you're going to hear from today. And their role typically is to greet guests as they arrive. Um, and they were brought by bus this year and from the shelters and then to do a very quick intake interview with them and then to guide them to services. So that's just one example of an event we were still able to deliver, albeit modified despite COVID. That's really fantastic. You know, some of the things it makes me think of, I, I know that one of the strengths of all of our health and human services field is our emphasis on interprofessional education. So to be involved in a holistic model like that and to understand how different people with different expertise come together and collaborate for the holistic support of people in our community, that sounds like a really powerful learning experience. And kudos to you. You know, I, I know the listeners know that one of the words I use more than any other right now to describe what's going on at Nazareth is ingenuity. So there we go again, another wonderful example of that. Izzy, I know that you are the president of the Nazareth Social Work Club. And so I wonder if you'll share with us some ways that you and your fellow students are reaching out to the community in these times. Yes, I would be glad to. So all social work majors complete field placements or internships in the community each year. So this is the most significant way we have been able to give back to the community during the pandemic. Social work students are placed at schools, hospitals, community-based organizations, and everywhere in between. I am currently placed at a community-based organization called Cameron Community Ministries, and Cameron is in the heart of the community they serve, which I think is so incredibly important, which is the Lyle Otis neighborhood, offering an array of programs in order to satisfy the community's basic needs. So Cameron focuses on promoting equity and empowerment for the community with, we work with. Uh, they are one of the few organizations, actually, that continue to serve lunches during the pandemic. Mm. I started in September, and I am still completing my hours. Um, currently, I have created, from scratch, a psychoeducational session for the Teen Center program that fosters connections in a safe environment to explore the teen's feelings and learn healthy ways to regulate their feelings, which is so important during the pandemic right now. Oh, absolutely. And I'm glad to hear that it's been a long serving experience for you. You know, one of the challenges in higher education is that engagement with the community is short term. And that's not true at Nazareth. At Nazareth, we form long term relationships. And so the quality of the experience that you have and the quality of the impact that you have is really quite extraordinary. So thank you. I, I, that's a really wonderful example. So Michael, 
as part of the partnership that we have, wonderful partnership with the Special Olympics and our Golisano Training Center, I heard that your public health students worked on a virtual fitness club for Special Olympics athletes. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, I'd be happy to. I, although I must first admit that it wasn't designed to be a virtual health fitness program. Um, so, so in the public health program, we have a capstone course that's at the sort of the highlight of the undergraduate program that focuses on developing and implementing and evaluating a health program. And so about a year ago, around this time, you know, we were brainstorming about, you know, how do we make this, how do we make health program planning come alive? Mm. And so after a lot of encouragement and nudging from, you know, a lot of uh, supportive people in, in, in the School of Health and Human Services, including the Dean, um, we, we reached out and uh, worked with folks from Special Olympics New York and then also uh, the Life Prep and NAS program. And the, the central concept was really to use public health students and equip them with the knowledge and uh, the training to become essentially fitness coaches and mentors so that they can uh, work sort of collaboratively with Special Olympic athletes and, and, and work with them and teach them about you know, health topics like uh, proper nutrition and hydration coping with stress, um, how do you deal with anxiety in a, in a healthy way, um, or even something as simple as like making a banana strawberry smoothie. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had designed a six-week program, but of course, you know, COVID-19 happened and we never really came back from spring break. Um, but, you know, much credit to like all the students who pulled up their, you know, their bootstraps and used their creative muscles and things that I didn't know were possible. Uh, they basically flipped, there we go again exactly they basically <laughs> flipped this e-club idea to become an e-fit club so what that meant was instead of meeting at the gtc they they developed original content digital content so videos websites you know pdf recipe books so that these become sort of like an on-demand resource for special olympic athletes to access you know whenever they want to and then the other component that students did was they uh, they actually jumped on Zoom so that, you know, for example, if, if a Special Olympic athlete had a question about, you know, how, how much do you bend to do this stretch? You know, what, how far should I go, right? They could come on at the schedule hour come and, and get feedback and demonstration from our students who are acting as coaches. And, you know, at the end of it, as I look back now, um, you know, being a newbie to sort of this whole idea of service learning, I think the impact on student learning outcomes on the Special Olympic athletes who were able to participate and also on the on my perspective on sort of like the value of service learning, I would say is totally transformative. So I'm, I'm a believer. Oh, I love it. I'm so glad. I, I've been a believer pretty much my whole career. It's something that that uh, that really, as, as you say, as soon as you see it in in life, you recognize how incredibly transformative the experience is. That's really great. I, I love that as an example. And of course, you know, I can't wait. It, it's almost like we have to open the GTC again, the Galasano Training Center. We'll have, we'll have to have a big celebration to, uh, to come back and, and uh, celebrate that partnership. So Vicki, one of the things that, that amazes me is that you are a senior double major in nursing and public health. You're graduating in May. So what... I mean, this is an extraordinary time. We're, we're living through a pandemic and you're training to be a nurse and you're out there in our community. Um, you know, what, what has it been like to have an internship with the local health department? What, what have you experienced? 
this has definitely been an extremely educational um, time for me. I've learned so much. Um, I worked in, as you know, for my internship, I was interning with um, the health department for the Genesee County and Orleans County. And we were all learning together. Um, we would have weekly um, Zooms with the CDC and all the other counties in the area going over new protocols because it was all so new this summer. So it was a really great time to be um, out in the field and learning along with everyone else about this crazy pandemic that was going on. Um, I also had like the awesome experience to be in person. So it was really nice that I could go in and learn with everyone. And one of the main things that we did was we went to outreach camps, the migrant outreach camps um, in Orleans County. And we were actually able to educate them about the pandemic and everything going on. So that was really cool to be able to do something like that and That's educate great. everyone. Yeah. yeah I also worked this summer at Strong in the burn trauma ICU, which I recently wow. just accepted a job for. So we, I also saw, I was, I took care of many COVID patients and it was just very I was right there on the front lines and it was very um, sad, but also like inspiring to see how everyone pulled together and was able to like, come and fight this crazy disease that we were all facing together. Wow. Congratulations on your, on your new job. That's exciting. Oh, thank you. Um, yes. You know, you really exemplify our emphasis on experiential learning here and you know, the, the array of experiences you've had in your time here, uh, it's really extraordinary. It's what sets you and our other graduates apart. So I appreciate your sharing that. I have to say, I kind of feel like I've gotten an unofficial public health degree over the last few months, learning all about managing the pandemic too. So one of the things that we're really excited about is that we have earned a new grant from the Cabrini Foundation that has both social work and public health components. So I wonder, Mary and then Leanne, can you talk us, with us a little bit about what this project is about? Sure. Um, and thanks. I just want to acknowledge Timothy Neeland and Jamie Fazio as the co-director of this grant, um, whose purpose is really to, again, put on the public health lens, but to bring in the interdisciplinary uh, forces of social work, creative arts, therapy, and communication and speech disorder. And we're definitely using the umbrella of the public health model where the first semester we will go in and the terms of solid and working together as partners. Um, I think um, Dr. Chen mentioned working collaboratively. So we really want to be present with the community. The first semester will be to do really groundwork assessment, going to the uh, communities of Marion where there are agricultural farm workers and Leicester where there are more dairy farm workers and finding out from them what are the services they actually need. The grant has identified three major areas, um, women's health, um, teenage um, and children's health, as well as substance abuse. Um, so this whole first semester, there will be graduate students working with faculty um, in both of those locations, identifying what will work. So for example, in Leicester, the dairy farmers work 12 hour swing shifts and maybe have one day off. So how do we reach out to them in meaningful ways? Um, and I, I, we're then during the summer, the um, programs will be implemented. So Dr. Chen talked about assessment intervention and then the fall, although there will be continuing programs, it will be a time for evaluation. Because as you've said, 
Nazareth stays connected. And our intention is not to do this for the course of the one-year grant. Um, Kathy Rasmussen, the Associate Dean for Health and Human Services, has already drawn up a memo of understanding where we will be working um, on this project after the grant is ended and potentially looking for other grants. And I have to put a plug in. I don't know if this is Synergy or Kismet or what you want to talk about, but when Izzy said she was at Cameron, Cameron is my urban place. So mm -hmm. the migrants have been my the place that I've worked. I worked with migrant farm workers um, as a midwife uh, in Brockport, and I worked at Cameron. I had a health center co-located in the Cameron Outreach Building doing midwifery care to those women. So it's this full circle of really the Nazareth mission to be engaged in the community. Despite that we sit in Pittsburgh, our, 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 our whole, um, you know, Rosin of being in the community is so important. Um, so we're very excited about that. And, and Leanne, talk about boots on the ground. So Leanne is definitely boots on the ground and you can take it away, Leanne. Um, okay, so I will talk a little bit, I guess, about the social work angle in the Cambrini grant. Um, and I think if you just um, consider those target areas um, that Mary mentioned, so women's issues, child and adolescent issues or health and substance abuse. In social work, there are two theoretical perspectives we really hold near and dear and they're the systems perspective and the strengths perspective. Um, so thinking about child and adolescent health, just as an example, First, we hope to approach the communities and the families and the individuals that we work with from the, those systems and strengths perspectives, collaborating with them, focusing on strengths and empowerment. Um, but in the area of child and adolescent health, if you just think for a moment about the inextricable connections between physical and mental health, and many people refer to that inextricable link as the mind-body connection. Um, so public health and social work coming together to partner with uh, children, teens, and families on issues that intersect with physical and mental health, I think is really the perfect partnership. To be honest with you, we could bring in every discipline here at Nazareth. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and so, Mary mentioned just a few that are also working at the moment on the grant, which include creative arts therapy and communication sciences and disorders. But as we grow this partnership, we can see room certainly for all of the disciplines in health and human services. We would love to bring in the School of Education and many other disciplines across the college. Um, I think that again, in terms of the social work orientation, uh, another piece that we hope to work on eventually in this partnership with the migrant farm working communities in our area is um, the more meso and macro level issues that migrant farm workers face. So those might include everything from um, legal issues, immigration issues. Um, there's There are many kind of systemic issues that certainly impact health. And so again, I think public health and social work are the, the perfect professions to begin this work. Amazing. I, I really appreciate the overview of that. It's been it's been very exciting to watch the development of that grant and and to receive that funding. We're certainly honored that the Cabrini Foundation is is recognizing this work. The experience for our students is really extraordinary. And I think this time, both in the last podcast and this one, 
you can clearly see the extraordinary experiences that our students are getting here. Uh, and it really, it, it really distinguishes you in the field. And I, I, I feel very proud of that. And, and I'm very excited about that. What an unusual time. I, I know that, that uh, you have all pivoted and, and done twirls and somersaults and everything else during this time to keep our ingenuity going. So I wonder as you reflect on this time of pandemic, what lesson do you take away from this time? Michael, can we start with you? Yeah, <laughs> sorry, I was sort of trying to figure out what to say. Um, you know, as I reflect back uh, to almost, what is it, 11 months now, I think I can group those into two things. Uh, the first thing is, that the first domain I would think about is, you know, I think the pandemic has really challenged um, in, a, in the best ways possible about how I approach teaching and engaging and working with students. You know, I, I guess, you know, I came through the, I, I, the model I got was sort of, you know, sitting in lectures and furiously taking notes and hope that at the end of it, I've learned something. And I, I think the pandemic has taught me that, you know, there are other opportunities to leverage technology, as Dr. Mara mentioned, um, and using just different kinds of tools out there to, um, to not only deliver uh, content, but also to invite collaborative engagement, right? How do we really work with students and facilitate their learning? Um, so that's one domain. The second domain I think that, that I learned from the pandemic is I, I think it's important to, um, to, to just maintain flexibility and, and extend kindness to everyone in our world, like, you know, coworkers, friends, family, and particularly ourselves. And, you know, I think it's sort of that analogy of being in an airplane, right? They always tell you, make sure you put on your mask first before you help, you know, the person next to you who may be your, you know, your loved one that you really want to help, right? And so I think it's reminded me to, to, to just be mindful about taking care of, you know, my people, right? Students, friends, uh, and also myself. Thank you. I appreciate that. That's one of the things I really appreciate about being part of this community. Mary, how about you? What lesson do you take from this time? Um, that uh, discomfort is a regular partner in life. And when we embrace discomfort, it causes us to stretch in ways that we can come out in a much better way. So I think those of us who are not caught in um, being negative about all the downsides. And oh my goodness, there are many. I mean, sitting in a Zoom class the first time I thought I was going to leave academia forever because I'm one of those people that's up and around and walking. And so the second class I said to students, if I disappear from your screen, it's because I've had to get up and move um, because my brain sits still when I sit still. But I think that if we embrace discomfort, it's an opportunity to grow, to um, increase incorporate new methods. So I don't think we will ever leave behind some of the things that we've learned about technology, which is why I'm so excited to welcome the new artificial intelligence major to Nazareth. Absolutely. Yet another way that, Na that Nazareth shows how we our small size and our emphasis on a relationship 
faith-based um, community leads, we're, we're nimble, we are agile, and we respond to community needs. So I can't wait for my public health students to minor in, art they're already doing data <laughs> analytics, but there's I love it. a lot more students in artificial intelligence. I love it. I love that combination. That's an exciting one to explore. Thank you for that. Vicki, how about you? What lessons do you take from this time? Just taking everything one day at a time. Um, and like that treating every day like it's a gift because there's just so many things going on. And so and like everyone's thinking about the future and all these crazy things. And just taking one day at a time, focusing um, on yourself and your family and um, really just like living in the moment and treating every day like a gift because it really is because as this pandemic showed, um, you really never know what's going to happen. So I would have to say it's one thing I really took from that. And I've seen a lot of other people take, and um, I think it's something that everyone should carry with them. Thank you. I appreciate that. I know that you have seen this up close and personal, and that that lesson is a, a vitally important one for all of us. So thank you. How about you, Leanne? What lessons do you take from this time? I think that um, one important issue that I've been considering a, a great deal is um, we have learned to exploit technology in ways that are amazing and create access to opportunities for people in, in new and unexpected ways. And that's really exciting. But during this um, conversation, I've talked a bit about work with um, Nazareth's work serving the population facing homelessness and the migrant farm worker communities in our area and working with those communities that are at high risk and some of the most um, disenfranchised and marginalized populations in our area has revealed to me the way that there continues to be unequal access to technology. Um, there are segments of our population that are increasingly marginalized because the world is becoming increasingly virtual and access to resources is tied to access to technology. And we have to take that on. And by that, I mean, I think Nazareth has a role to play, social workers have a role to play, but our entire community has a role to play in addressing that growing potential inequity. Uh, on a positive note, I think that these are, it's an example of a complex challenge that it is ahead of us, um, but we also do have incredible capabilities for positive change, and I think Nazareth embodies that ability. Here, here, thank you. That is beautifully said. I absolutely agree, and I think it is a collaborative commitment to human equity, really, throughout all of our communities, so I'm delighted to, to hear you uh, contribute that to this conversation. Um, and Izzy, I'm going to give you the last word. What about you? What lessons have you learned? Um, I really want to focus on language. Language is so important to me and the use of our language. Our language is very powerful. Um, so going into a community during this pandemic when we're all experiencing the pandemic together is something that we're kind of all experiencing as one. And I have a very big um, admiration for people that say working with someone. We're, we're never really working for. We're within their community and we're going into their space. And we need to remember that. And with that, I wanna just touch on connection. For this whole pandemic, connection is so important, especially because as humans, we yearn for connection. And due to the isolation because of the pandemic, um, the importance of connection and trusting relationships is more important than ever before. And connection and support is a huge protective factor in any community and person that we work with. 
um, I think this pandemic has shown us how we can truly come together and create that support and connection. Fantastic. Thank you. That is so inspiring to me. Thank you so much for being with us today. What a fabulous experience to think about all of the incredible work that's happening throughout the Nazareth College community. I'm just so glad that you could delight in that with me. Mary helped a little earlier to tease our next podcast. In our next podcast, we will be talking about our new institute for technology, artificial intelligence, and society. This is a pioneering new initiative at Nazareth College. We are leading the way in thinking about technology and ethics. One of the things that we recognize is that technology is proliferating in our society rapidly, far faster than we can catch up with, far faster than we can think about its impacts on society. So this initiative will attract students who want to learn about how to ask critical questions about advancing technology, including artificial intelligence, and ask important questions about ethics and how to protect society from bias and harm while realizing the real promise of technology. So I'm excited for the conversation and I look forward to having you join me. Thank you.